That video was played um, right before our speaker, um, who's going to speak on prayer, because there's 66 books in the Bible, and a lot of people, they, they only know the famous scriptures. They only know parts of God. They haven't really sought his face through scripture and through prayer, of wanting to know who he really is, why he does the things that he does, really desiring to have answers and really pursuing those answers relentlessly, the way you would pursue how many people ever had, had some money in here? Anybody? Raise your hand. You never had no money? Dollar? Five dollars? Anything? All right. I'm going to try to bring, you know, fifty dollars. Anybody ever had fifty dollars in here? Fifty dollar bill? Felt good to have that fifty dollar bill, didn't it? Some of y'all didn't have a fifty dollar bill. Maybe a twenty dollar bill. Anybody ever have a twenty? Jessica, you had a twenty before? Have you ever lost a twenty dollar bill? <laughs> or a fifty dollar bill? When you do... Let me tell you how you search for that money. And let me tell you how you don't give up searching for that money. Because that money's important to you. Because you don't come across $50 bills all the time. And maybe you do, but I definitely don't. <laughs> so whenever you seek God's face in prayer, you're asking him to reveal things to you that's supernatural. You're asking him to show you, to teach you, to guide you, to lead you, to train you, to make you more like him, to make you more like his son. So that's why we played the Godomatic video because sometimes it's sadly said, but we do only go to God whenever things we have issues, even adults. Only when we have issues, we want to seek his face. And God has called us to relentlessly pursue him. So with that said, Pastor Aldo Bano, somebody y'all know very well, is going to come up and speak. Thank you, Pastor Chad, for the opportunity to uh, come and speak to you guys today. Um, so Pastor Chad wanted me to, uh, to speak on, uh, on prayer today. And so um, the, uh, the conference, as you guys know, is Surrender and Sacrifice. So I kind of started there, Surrender, Sacrifice. I'm like, okay, well, let me look it up. We go to Merriam-Webster, the official dictionary. So uh, I went there and I, I, I sought the word surrender. And surrender means to yield to the power, control, or possession of another upon compulsion or demand. Kind of like uh, to surrender a fort or something like that if it's being attacked. Now the second part of the definition is to give up completely or agree to forego especially in favor of another. Surrender. So okay, all right, I got that. And the awesome thing was when I looked up the word sacrifice, sacri the, the, uh, the definition actually pointed back to surrender. And that definition is destruction or surrender of something for the sake of something else, something given up or lost. So it's awesome to see how intimate surrender and sacrifice or sacrifice and surrender are tied together. One goes with the other. So... I asked myself, bless you, I asked myself, okay, well, surrender, surrender what? 
So then I started searching the scriptures and I came across 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 14 through 15. If you would turn your Bibles there, if you have them. When you got to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got one. First Corinthians 5, chapter 14 and 15. Yes. Yeah, there's no verse 14 in chapter 5. Well, then maybe a second Corinthian. <laughs> maybe I wrote it wrong. I'm sorry. I apologize for the inconvenience that this may have caused. I might have, I might have fat fingered. I was. And you guys have passed. That's great. Gold star for everyone. And it says, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus. That if one died for all, then all died. And he died, for he being Christ, died for all. That those who live should live no longer, everybody say no longer, for themselves. Surrender, right? But for him who died for them and rose again. So, if you have received Christ as your Lord and your Savior, that means that you have surrendered your life. Why? Because Christ surrendered his life First, for you, even while we were yet enemies, Christ went to the cross for each and every one of us, even though he knew that some of us would choose not to. And I'm just saying in general, not to follow him. And he knew that some would choose to follow him. But yet he died for all. Salvation is given to everyone who calls on the name of Christ. Amen. So. It's not just partial to a specific group or a, a specific group of people during a specific time. It is offered for everyone. So when you accepted Christ, you surrendered all that you were. You surrendered all the good, right? You surrendered all your dreams, your aspirations, the goals that you had set for your life, all those good things that you might have had. And you also surrendered all the bad, right? You're lying, you're cheating, your sinfulness, all that you surrendered, all your baggage, you surrendered all that stuff to him. Right? Am I right? Can I get an amen? Yes? So you yielded control of your life to him because what you'd been trying to do just wasn't working anymore, right? Some of us, you know, we thought, hey, I got it all together, maybe. Maybe we didn't. But there was something in that gospel message, something that touched us inside here, something that was just inexplicable, something that we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. We said, look, you know what? I need that. I need this Christ that they're talking to me about, and I am willing to give up everything. You remember that day? It didn't matter. You were so on fire for Christ. You were like, God, I just want whatever you need me to do, Lord, I will do everything. It doesn't matter. You want me to go here. You want me to go there. You want me to preach to this one. You didn't care how many friends you lost. It didn't matter who God told you to speak to, whether it was big, small. It didn't matter whether they looked tough or not. You were like, God, I just want to live for you. I want to surrender all that I am, all my gifts, my abilities. I just want you to use me. And then somewhere along the way, we kind of got comfortable, right? And we're like, hmm. Lord, you know what? I'll surrender all this, except, you know, I got my indulgences. I got those things that, okay, Lord, you know, and like I've told you before, we have rooms in our hearts, right? 
that, Lord, you can go ahead and have this side of the house, and that'll be you, you know, but this, this little closet in the corner where I had all my stuff, my stash, you can't go in there. You can have all that except this. And it's like, God's like, look, you know, when you surrender, you surrender to all, not just a little bit, not just 0 0.5, 0 0.75, 0 0.90. No, all of it, 100%. Because we needed him. And he loved us with this love that we didn't even, we hadn't ever experienced. And we're like, oh, we're so overcome. It was like my, when my wife met me, she was so overcome. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, that was me. I was, I was overcome. But when I met her, I wanted to touch her all the time. I'm like, man, can I get your number? And I would call her. And she would hate it when I called her. I'd call her anyway. So I wanted to touch her. I wanted a relationship with her. And it didn't matter how much she went and pushed me aside. It didn't matter because I wanted to be with her. And so sometimes, you know, when, when we think about God and we, you know, remember when we first got saved, man, it didn't matter what was going on. I mean... It could have been, you know, the finals could have been going on. You know, your favorite team could have been playing. You know, your friends could have called you up. Hey, you know, we're going over here. We're going to go hang out or we're going to go, you know, play ball or whatever. Be like, no, you know, I, I, I got I to gotta spend time with God. You know, I, I, I got to be with him. I just, you know, it's just something, just a fire inside of you that, you know, like, I, I, can't, I can't go do that. You know, I don't want to do that. You know, not to say that those things are bad, but, you know, that passion in your heart was just so, so much so that you're like, no, I don't, I don't even feel like doing that. I just feel like getting into God's face, getting into his presence. And like I said, somewhere along the way, we kind of got comfortable. We're like, mm, I can skip a little, you know, one day is not going to hurt me. It's okay. So now the next thing is, is sacrifice, right? So, in the beginning of the year, I told you all, I revealed something very intimate about myself. I said, number one, my pants didn't fit because I was getting big. I had some appositional growth. and So, yeah. And since I'm a student, I can't afford to buy new clothes. That's just how it goes. I'm sorry. I don't have the money like that. When I was working, it didn't matter. I remember when when, uh, when I first met Crystal, she was like, man, you were big, Pastor. You were, whoo. You were kind of get a little large in the child. I'm glad you lost a little bit of weight. So, I mean, that kind of made me feel good afterward, but then it made me wonder, dang, man, I must have been the fat back then. I must have. It's terrible. <laughs> so I was getting back. I was, you know, the pendulum was swinging again. I was, I was gaining the weight. Comfortable, you know. That good eating, yeah, exactly. And I just wanted to spend couch time, you know, that side-by-side -side time with my wife, sitting on the couch, chilling. And so my bishop and uh, with motivation from uh, Minister Lewis, they, uh, they were telling me about this very intense workout program. And they were like, oh, you should try it out. And so I was like, mm, I don't know. I kind of don't feel like doing it. I don't know about you, but I don't like any pain. If I forgo some pain, that'd be great, you know. But I said, you know what? I'll try it, okay? I'll try it. So they went ahead and let me borrow a DVD. And so I did the DVD. It was the, uh, the ad, what they call it, the Ab Ripper X, right? 
And let me tell you, after that, I was exhausted. Cue, that was, yo, that was the, the yo. Thank you. Thank you very much. So much so that I got up from doing it, I took a shower, and I took a three-hour nap. It was amazing. Yeah, so needless to say, I was worn out. I was worn out. But then I was like, man, you know, this might actually, this might actually, so I started getting a little excited because I was like, all right, let me, um, let me go ahead and uh, let me try it out, you know? So I had my brother Lewis hook me up with the DVDs, and so I started. And now let me tell you, this is not like a little mamby-pamby 30-minute workout, you know what I'm saying? This is like hardcore intense working out. I ain't never worked out this hard in my life, never. And so I was like, you know what, though? I don't want to be the fat anymore, okay? I don't want to take my shirt off and go to the pool and be like, oh, no, they done brought SeaWorld to us. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Shamu is in the pool. All the kids, watch out. You're in the splash zone. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was like, no, I, I, need to, I need to do something. I can't, you know, I, I remember running up the one flight of stairs, and at the top of the <laughs> stairs, I'm like, whew. <laughs> okay, let's go. I'm ready. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, man, I remember I used to get up them flight of stairs and be like, yeah. No problem, no huffing, no puffing. It was all good. And so I was like, man, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of being, you know, just out of shape. I'm tired of, you know, this thickness that I have around here. I just, I was tired of that. And so I had to sacrifice something. I had to surrender what I wanted to do and commit to doing this harsh workout routine and let me tell you the thing is what what they tell you about it is that you have to be committed to doing it every day every workout day you have to be committed and i i love what it says at the beginning of each dvd at the beginning of each dvd it says bring it so it's not halfway you know you got to go ahead and bring your best stuff your highest energy that you can muster up that day because if not it's all for naught it's ineffective. You're just going through the motions. So, here I am. I think of what? Six weeks later? Seven weeks later. Is it seven? Six or seven weeks later. And I'm feeling great. I'm tired because, you know, it takes a lot out of you, but I can feel the difference. I'm noting the difference, and it's making a difference in my life. So, all this to say what? All this to say that prayer is the same way. That sometimes, you know, we feel like doing whatever we want to do. But remember, remember we surrendered that one day when we said, Lord, I'm going to give you all my junk, and I just, I just want you. You know, we weren't thinking about the blessing. We weren't thinking about, Lord, provide for me for, you know, so that I could go ahead and have, you know, clothes or a car or, or gas to put in the car or, you know, a place. No, we weren't worried about that. All we wanted is him. We wanted his love to just be shed on us. That's all we wanted from him. You know, we weren't sitting there asking, Lord, you know, I, knew, I want that new outfit, Lord. Please, God, provide a way where there is no way because my parents said no way already. And I know, 
I know, God, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly. Man, we even start quoting scriptures and stuff about stuff. And we're like, man, what is that about? I remember when, when I was about to get my first car, I was on my knees. Jesus, you know she's beautiful. And I want her. She's red, Lord. And Lord, she's fast. And Father, if it pleases you, because I know it pleases me, provide a way for me to get this car. I tell you, I was ooh, all excited about this car. Praying for the car. Praying for my breakthrough. What I should have been praying for is for God to change my heart, man. What I should have been praying for was my friends that I knew that didn't know him, that I knew that if they died that day, we're going to go straight to hell. Why? Because I didn't share the gospel with them. What I should have been praying for is for God to go ahead and empower me, to give me the boldness so that I would step out. What I should have been praying for was for the situations that were going on in my school, for the drug addicts. What I should have been praying for was for God to heal the broken hearts. What I should have been praying for is all those things. And instead, I was more concerned because of my selfish and wicked heart. I was more concerned with what I wanted, the things that would gratify my flesh. And so I'm telling you this because, man, you know what? Yeah, we all want nice stuff. I'm not saying that we don't. You know, but the thing is, is that, you know, when we pray and we ask God and we and we seek God, it shouldn't be, you know, oh, God, you know, give me this car. Lord, I need that new Xbox 360. You know that I need it. I need that PS3. I need this. I need that. There are things that are that are at stake that are just so much more important than that. And that's what we should be seeking God for. Remember, we surrendered all that stuff. God knows what you need even before you need it. Will he not provide? Is he not Jehovah Jireh? Is he not the Lord your provider? So you think that, man, he wants to hear you spend half an hour, 45 minutes talking about, Lord, you know, I need this way, that way. You know how I like it, Lord. You know, it's got to be like this. It's got to be like that. It's got to be so that, you know, when I walk in, Everybody just turning, bah, looking at me. As Christians, we are to bring glory to God, not to ourselves. Not to say that you're going to be looking all broken, busted, and disgusted, and, you know, all like, you know, not taking a shower and stank. Please don't do that, okay? Please make sure you shower, all right? Be nice. I want to read something for you. As a result of surrendering my life, I no longer get to choose what I do and do not want to do. However, the one I surrendered to knows all my needs and has placed a plan and a purpose in my heart and life. He knows what is best for me and what will benefit me and what will harm me. I can be calm in the midst of any trial or situation that may arise because I have yielded my life to the one who is all-knowing. And it's so important because, you know, when you yield to somebody else, 
you know, another man, another person, you're not so sure that, you know, they, they have your best interest in mind, you know. But the thing is, is that we're not talking about yielding or surrendering to some man. We're talking about yielding and surrendering to the all-knowing God, the one who is wisdom, the one who knows it all, the one who knows the end from the beginning, the one who knew you even in your mother's womb. This is the one that we're talking about surrendering to. So don't you think that he knows what is best for you. So that when we ask, when we go to him and we say, Lord, you know, I need this or I need that. Or, Lord, you know, you see the situation, please, you know, make a way. And he, when he says no, it is not because he is one of those that, you know, he just wants to yield or wield his, his authority and wield his power and all that. It is because he knows that it is not good for him. Like my daughter. Y'all know Alina. She's crazy. I'm sorry, she's spunky. She's uh, adventurous, and she is a daredevil. And uh, that girl knows no fear. Yeah. So we go to the pool the other day, and now she's taking a few swimming lessons and stuff, so she kind of knows a little bit, right? But she don't know a lot, you know? It ain't like she a fish or something, you know what I'm saying? Breathing in the water, no. So we get to the pool, and we're about to put our stuff up. And here's my daughter. Let's go in my hand. And she full sprint and jumps into the pool. Now she can't touch. She's short. She's a little one like this right here. She can't touch the bottom. And she jumps in. So what do I do? I got to jump in after her. Lena, what are you doing? You know, get her back up. She, <coughs> you know, I'm like, man. This little girl, she, man. And I try to tell her, Ali, listen. Listen to daddy. Okay. Please, okay? Unless daddy's in the pool, don't jump in. Yes, daddy? Yes, daddy. It's not because I don't want her to enjoy herself. It's not that. It's that I know that it could be detrimental for her when I'm not around. Thank God I was, you know, looking out for her. She'll find herself in a situation where she got herself in it. She made the choice. I didn't make it for her. But she got herself in a situation where she could really, really, really hurt herself. And God is the same way. Sometimes he prevents us from, from doing things, not because he wants to be a killjoy, but, but because, remember we said that he knows the end from the beginning? But because he knows that what the choice that we're going to make is going to have a negative result. And even though we might not see it, he does. And the question is, do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you trust him enough to say, okay, Lord, you know what? I don't know why. I don't know why you're telling me no. You know, I don't see the harm in it. And it could be a good thing. It could be, you know, I want to go over here and minister here or something like that. And God might say, no, I don't want you to go over there. That's not for you to go over there. And it might not be something, you know, might not be anything harmful or anything like that. But like I said, God knows. And so do you trust him enough to say, you know what, God, you don't have to tell me why. If you want to tell me why, God, that's fine. But I trust you enough to know that you have my best interest in mind. So when I'm in prayer and I'm seeking God about something and he says, no, okay, God. No is no. I'm not going to bother you about it anymore. Do we trust him enough? 
So sacrifice. Sacrifice comes when my desires don't line up with God's desires. Remember at the beginning when we first got saved? Oh, man, whatever you desire, God, that's my desire. My heart burns for what your heart burns for. And then your heart starts burning for other things. <laughs> and you're like, Lord, but, you know, it's all good. I mean, you know, she's cute. I like her. Why don't you like her? That's all good. Have you seen her, Lord? You have created her. She's beautiful. And for you girls, you know, Lord, have you seen his muscles? <laughs> bah. I asked him where the beach was, and he said it was over there. <laughs> and my heart melted. <laughs> He's gorgeous, Lord. Gorgeous. But God knows. <laughs> And sometimes they'll go ahead and let you slip into things, you know, because you chose and you hard-headed. And then you find out in the end, and then you come back to God, God, you broke my heart. <laughs> and God is there with open arms saying, look, see, I told you, I told you, but I love you. I knew I was trying to help you. So what do we do? Again, the trust thing. We say, Lord, I really want that, you know, but I want you more. And if this doesn't glorify you, if this doesn't honor you, then you know what? I'm not going to do it. And that's it. And you walk away and you leave it alone. It's funny because we sacrifice gladly for those we love, even if it hurts. Ask your parents. <sighs> As parents, we sacrifice sleep. Ask Lewis. He knows. Most recently. Financial burden. I know. I felt God when I said when I financial and burden. When I went ahead and brought those together, right? Ooh. <laughs> Let me tell you, children are expensive. As I was thinking, you know, every year they go ahead and send you a little statement uh, from, the, from the daycare facility or from the preschool, whatever. And I'm like, wow. Man. Baby, did you? Whoa, we could have we gone on like three or four cruises with that one right there. <laughs> Woo! Could have had ourselves a junior suite with the balcony. Mm! Seven day with the captain's dinner and the lobster tails. Oh! <sighs> could have had it all. But a financial burden. And we... Gladly, gladly do it. Because we love our kids. And man, yo, I'll do anything. And it's funny because, you know, when you get a job, sometimes what happens is they, they ask you to, you know, work extra hours overtime or come in on your day off or something like that. 
And you do it because you got to. You know, you're like, eh, I don't really feel like doing it. And when, you know, it's 8 to 5, at like 4.55, I'm like, okay, all right. Let's go ahead. and No, no, I can't do another exam because I got to, I only got five minutes. So, you know, I'm trying to clean up. And, you know, so when 5 o'clock comes around, <clears throat> I'm clocking out. I'm out. Why? Because it's necessary. This is not something that I like absolutely just love, just over and abundant. No. It's because it's something that I have to do. Now, when we talk about when we talk about God, God has shown us this awesome love. This love that nobody else has showed us, you know? And so what do we do? We do stuff, so, right? We obey him. Not out of not out of obligation. I mean, at first it might be out of obligation because we're like, okay, you know, you knew and you're like, all right, Lord, you know, what, what do I, what I got to do? What do I do? So, you know, okay, all right, these are the, the, the commandments and, you know, I want to show you that I love you. So I'll go ahead and, you know, follow these commands. But, you know, after a while when you begin to, you know, read your word and you begin to learn who God is, then, you know, out of, you don't, you don't just obey just out of the fear of God, but you obey because you love God. And you don't want to offend God. And you're like, you know what, God? I want to show you that I love you. And how do I do that? I do it through my obedience to him. And now, you know, you go over and, and beyond, you know, the call of duty. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's, it's work to you. But it's, it, it's a privilege to be able to obey God because he's given you his spirit to be able to do it. He hasn't just told you to do it, but he's empowered you through his spirit to be able to do it. And so now, as Christians, we have no excuse to be disobedient. Amen? Amen. So one of those things that God has set forth in his word that is necessary is prayer. So what is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. It could be giving thanks. It could be interceding for people. It could be asking for stuff. It could be, and, and it also is listening to God for his response. And it's also continual. Sometimes, you know, we go in and, and we go to our prayer closet and we say, okay, Lord, and we rattle off the list. Lord, thank you for this, thank you for that, thank you for that. I want to ask for this, 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 this. And Lord, please bless this one, that one, the other one. And Lord, look after this, this, this. Okay, in Jesus' name, amen. And then we're out. And God is like, man, but I wanted to say something. It is a dialogue. And so sometimes, you know, you sit there and you're just quiet. And you feel the Spirit of the Lord begin to speak to your heart. You know, he might go ahead and point you to a scripture or something like that. And he wants to talk to you. He wants to tell you things. Like Pastor Chad was saying, he wants to reveal those secret things to you. And so prayer is essential, not just for us to tell God things, but for God to tell us things. And that is what's so awesome about it, is that God wants to talk to you. Everybody say, God wants to talk to me. Okay, now say it like you believe it. Again, God wants to talk to me. And so that is why every day he waits for you in the secret place. Now, that's every day, right? Every day. How many of y'all eat at least once a day? At least once. And I know some of y'all, y'all eat more than once a day. Mm -hmm. And some of y'all, if y'all don't eat, 
I don't want to be around you. Yeah. Y'all start acting crazy. Leave me alone. My wife knows when I'm hungry because I just get a little irritable. And so she'll start throwing stuff at me. Y'all seen the Snickers commercial with the divas, right? Yeah, food. Start throwing food at me. Not stuff, not chancletas or anything like that, but food. Food, okay. Eat this, eat that. Have a cheese stick. So, y'all seen the Snickers commercial, right? With the divas? Yeah. Whine and complain. It's hot in here. Here, eat this. I don't want to eat it. And then after they eat, they turn back into their normal self. Amazing, isn't it? And so, now, if you miss one meal, are you going to die? No. You're not going to die one meal. Come on. I'm talking about you, specifically you. Not, not, oh, depends on who you are and where, you, where you're at. If you're an African little, come on, man. Okay, if they're uh, in Antarctica. How about that? Is that better? Good? Okay. If you're a polar bear, right. If you're a llama, imagine yourself being a llama. But <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna die if you miss one meal. Now, if you continually miss, right? Maybe you have one meal every three or four days. What happened? Malnutrition, and so you become deficient in certain vitamins and minerals that you need. Your electrolytes might be low, and. If you're lost or whatever, and you're walking around, your electrolytes are low, you could pass out, and you could eventually, you could die, right? Prayer is one of those essential things in our spiritual life. And if you miss one day, you know, okay, well, you miss one day. But if you continually miss, then you're missing out. And so, you know, then we find ourselves, you know, in situations, and we're like, man, you know, I don't know what's going on. I can't deal with this. I'm so stressed out. What's going on? And then we look back and we're like, man, have I been praying lately? Have I, have I missed? Am I, am I not committed anymore to prayer? Has the one day that I miss, you know, turned into two? Has it turned into three? Has it turned into three weeks? And sometimes, you know, we don't even notice it. Because, I mean, it's our physical man that, you know, we notice a little bit more readily than our spiritual man. And so we find ourselves beginning to, to weaken. And now where we were able to stand firm and, you know, and say, no, I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. I'm going to be obedient to his leading. And, and I'm going to do what he says and all that. Then we find ourselves, you know, oh, look, one little sin ain't going to hurt, right? Maybe two. Slippery slope. Because before you know it, oh, there you are in the mess. Remember I told y'all? Sometimes you want to go here and God says no and you go anyway and then you find yourself like Alina in the pool fighting for air, waiting for somebody to go ahead and pull you out. Prayer, y'all. Prayer is essential. We need it. Now, there are some people who do pray. These are the ones that, like I said, you know, they get down and they're like, Lord, you know I need a financial breakthrough because I need the Beamer. I need the five-bedroom mansion on the lake. 
with the boat dock and the jet skis. Lord, it's not like I want it. This is a need, God, burning inside of me. They're eloquent about it, too. But then you have the contrite, the one who has that broken spirit, the one the Lord loves and is attentive to, the one that says, Lord, you know my neighbor. God, he needs you. He's lost. You see the situation that he's going through. You see that, you know, his marriage is falling apart. God, I stand in the gap for him now. I cry out to you because he doesn't know how. God, give me the words. Give me the opportunity to speak to him. Concern about higher things, not just what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, where you're going to live. Because God, you, because that person knows that God has them covered in that department. So they don't need to worry about it. In James chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Effective. Effective comes from the word, the Greek word, anedageo. And it ain't even Sunday. <laughs> and that word is a verb. It is an action word. And it's to affect or put forth power. Avails in that same scripture is the same exact word. So in order to be effective, we got to do something. You got to go ahead and do. It requires doing. Now, it talks about the righteous man. And that righteousness is just somebody who is upright, someone who obeys God. And so there is something to be said when it comes to prayer and righteousness. How many of y'all love to waste time? How many of y'all love for people to waste your time? You got some, some pressing business you got to attend to, and somebody's just keeping you on the phone. Listen, I want you to, I want to sell you something. Nothing against telemarketers, but I'm just saying, you know, something, you, you got to go do something. Yeah, yeah, I'm not interested. I understand, sir, but how about that? No, I'm not interested. I understand, but how about that? No. Got to go. <laughs> so we want to be effective, right? I don't mind doing work. I hate doing rework. I want my efforts to pay off, right? And I want what I do to have some type of effect. In prayer, for our prayers to be effective, it is important to be counted among the righteous, right? So number one, you got to be saved. And number two, you got to be living upright. What does that mean? That means that you are obeying God's word. You got to be obedient. So in order to be your, for your prayer to be effective, you got to be characterized by a life of righteousness. So that's why it's so important. I mean, all this stuff is synergistic. It goes hand in hand. It, it comes together. It just You can't just be a person that is upright in, in the word all the time. You got to also balance it out with some prayer. You also have to be in worship. You also have to, you know, not just keep hoard all that information to yourself but, and all that knowledge to yourself, but you got to reach out to others as well. You got to be able to share that gospel. So all this, all this works together. So you can't separate it. You can't just be like, okay, Lord, I know, I know that my prayer is going to be heard by you. You know, because I'm me. 
It's because of that, you know? You have to be righteous. Righteousness. It's important. Now, prayer is a discipline. Like I was telling you guys about this P90X. <sighs> I'm trying, okay? I'm trying to be dedicated. And I haven't missed a day. And let me tell you, it's hard to not miss a day. Because sometimes, especially yoga, it's an hour and a half workout, y'all. And when I start, I'm like, I don't want to do this. But I don't want to be the fat anymore, neither. So I say, you know what? The benefit, the sacrifice, I think it's a pretty good trade. And so I've been dedicated every day. I haven't missed a day yet. And I brought it every day. And I see the results. And it's the same thing with our prayer. You can't slack in prayer. You have to come every single day. And yes, there are going to be days when you're like, you know what? <sighs> I don't feel like it. I'm not going to lie to you. It's true. There are going to be days like that. But you got to go ahead and push through your flesh and say, you know what? My spirit needs it. My spirit needs to link up with God to communicate with him. And it is those times where you push through that, where you sacrifice, you know, your, your own fleshly desires and say, God, I need to spend time with you. And sometimes those are the greatest times in prayer, as many can attest, you know. And it's like it's the same thing with coming to church. Sometimes, you know, man, Wednesday night, sometimes you get tired, right? You're like, man. Then you start finding excuses. Oh, yeah, I got to do homework. You're done in 20 minutes and you're watching TV. But you had to stay home because you had to do homework or because you had to do laundry. You had to do this. You had to do the other thing. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to belittle those things. But you know what? Sometimes you got to push through that stuff and be like, look, I'm going to be, you know, counted among the faithful. You know, I need to show up and be here. And so it's important that we don't miss it, that we are dedicated. It is a discipline that we have to work at. You know, it's like this. uh this the the workout that I'm doing. I remember the first time I tried to do some pull-ups. It was terrible. I like squeezed out three and I thought I was gonna die. My arms were just, you know, dangling. My wife was like, baby, are you okay? But you know, you go ahead and start, you continue, right? You continue you know, the next time you do it, you're like, wow man, I squeezed out those three. I'm feeling pretty good. And the next time you come back, you're like, man, I did four. Amazing. It's actually working. And it's awesome to see when you pray, you know, and you petition God, you know, on behalf of others. And you see, you know, wow, you know, I've been praying for this person, for God to, you know, move upon their heart. And for me to be able to speak to them about Jesus. And look, they accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's like, man, you feel like you're on top of the world. It's awesome. You see that, wow, okay, you know, that's happened. How many times, you know, have we prayed in, um, on, on Sunday morning or somebody's uh, lifted up a petition before God, and they come back with a praise report and say, you know, God moved, and this is what God did, this, 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 and that. That builds your faith. You're like, wow, man, you know what? Prayer really works. And it's funny because we're amazed. God said, God put it forth in his word, and then we still come up with like, Wow. That's amazing. I can't believe it. Right? It's crazy, but that's how it is. Now, 
and we tend to slack, then, you know what, we, we tend to kind of falter in our walk. I remember um, when, I, when I first started trying to talk to my wife, you know, I'd call her every day. I'd be like a day, hey, what you doing? It wasn't about nothing specific. I wouldn't ask it for nothing. I didn't, you know, it's, hey, what's going on? What's going on? How you doing? Good. What you doing? Nothing. What you doing? Nothing. What you doing? We go back and forth. But it was every day, every day, every day we would talk. And sometimes we would talk for hours. Sometimes it would be just a few minutes, you know, but we would talk every day, sometimes a couple times a day. And if we, we say that we love God so much and he means so much to us and he means everything to us, then why is it so difficult to spend time with him? To say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you this hour and this is you and me every day. We're going to meet in the same place, same bat time, same bat channel. But it's so hard. Everything comes up. Ooh, Lord, yeah, you know, um, I know we had this meeting today, but... Uh, I'm tired. I need to sleep in. I went to bed late. Remember, I was watching my show. You know. Or, Lord, I had to get up early because, you know, today the boy's waiting for me. We're playing ball today, and so tomorrow, I promise. Lord, I got to do my hair. So I got to look good. Okay? I'm sorry. Bye. It's so hard. But it is a discipline. It is something that we need to work at because it is so essential. And again, we got to sacrifice. You know, sometimes we got to forgo going here, forgo, you know, spending an hour on the hair to get it just right and say, Lord, you mean more to me than my hair. You mean more to me than looking good in this outfit. You mean more to me than hanging out with my boys. You mean more to me than going and playing ball. You mean more to me than watching this show. I remember a story Bishop told one time when I guess he wanted to watch a show or something like that. And the Spirit of God was just calling him, hey, I want to spend some time with you. I want to talk to you. And he said, all right, Lord, just, you know, let me, let me watch this show real quick. And he felt so bad so bad afterward. And I think he did try to pray after, right? It just wasn't, just wasn't the same. And so that, that's one of those things where you're like, wow, man, where are my priorities at? Am I more concerned with, with what God wants from me? Or am I more concerned with what I want to do? Fulfilling my own desires. Satisfying myself. Surrender and sacrifice in prayer. And so my question to you today is this. God waits for you daily. How many times have you stood him up? How many times have you said, no, not today, God. I'm busy. Maybe tomorrow. If we say that we love him, we'll commit to meeting with him daily. And we'll commit also to praying without ceasing. Does that mean that we're going to pray all the time and just, you know, not talk to anybody? No, that's not what it means. But it means that, you know, we are characterized by a life of prayer 
And when we have a moment, you know, we're silently just, you know, speaking to God. Or if nobody's around, we're doing it out loud. You know, but maintaining that line of communication. I call my wife a couple times a, a day, sometimes, you know, and reach out, hey, you know, what you doing? Oh, I'm doing this. Uh, okay, how's your day going? Good? Yeah? All right. You know, nothing big, nothing major. You know, I just want to talk to her. I just, I'm concerned, you know. I just, I just want to tell her I love her. That's it. I just, you know, I just want to see, you know, how her day is going. If, you know, if there's anything that, that happened that day, and hey, maybe I could pray for her. And that should be the same thing with God. You know, you don't have to just pray just because, oh, you know, so-and-so asked me to pray because, you know, the grandma's sick and I, I want to pray. You know, just be like, Lord, you know, hey, God, I'm going through this. Or, you know, God, I'm, I'm feeling really good today. You know, I'm having a great day. Everything's going great. And I just wanted to thank you. And that's it. Are we characterized by that? Are we a people that pray continually? Is that who we are? And if it's not, is that who we want to be? Do we want to be characterized as a people that pray without ceasing? That are continually with that connection? Because like Pastor Chaz said, when we come together as a group, it should be a continuation of what's going on outside in our own life. You know, so when we come together, like I said, it's synergistic. You know, there's just, we take it together as a group collectively, we take it to another level. But if you're lacking in your own life, then you're not just hindering yourself, but you're also hindering the body of God, right? The body of Christ. And so we need you. It's like you need us. We need each other to be on point with prayer. Come on and stand to your feet. Close your eyes and bow your head. I'm just going to ask you.